1: Welcome one, welcome all. It is Monday, Football Monday, the true ball of the SB Nation NFL show. Look at that alliteration. RG Cho Pete Tweeney here for the greatest hour of your life. Hour, you know, approximately. But it is Monday, Football Monday on the SB Nation NFL show. We do encourage all of you to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a rating, write a review. Reviews are flying in. Pete, I have one to read to you before I do. I, I would hear, love that. I, well, I want to hear your beautiful, angelic voice on this fine Monday. I want to hear how your weekend was I and mean, did you get some sleep? Did you watch, did you watch something on on the flicks? Uh, yeah. you know, condolences on on your mighty orange. Uh, Pete is a Syracuse alum, proud Syracuse alum. So, um, how's, how's your day going? How's your weekend rippling into Monday?
2: Tough, tough to watch Syracuse play the way they did in the Sweet 16. I've already told plenty of my friends if they just play mediocre in that game, I think they're right there. What Houston didn't happen, so they're out. I love March Madness. I'm continuing to watch that. Football isn't my only interest. I really do enjoy it. I think it's been a, <laughs> a great a great tournament, and it continues, I'm not the, actually. I'm not a
1: robot that only is interested in the <laughs> NFL.
2: I like the NFL, but I also like other sports, and it continues tonight. I'm excited to see what happens there. But uh, really remarkable, and I know we're going to get into it, how the NFL continues to stay relevant, even though, what, we have, what, six months before we have actual games, five months before we have actual practices and training camp and things like that, but it's turning into an NBA type thing. I think that's great for the league.
1: Well, uh congratulations to the NFL, real big underdogs fighting against all the other sports in America. <laughs> I mentioned the review, Pete, shout out to Andy from Connecticut. um okay. I th- I think that it is spelled Andy A N D Y, like the song uh, that the killer sang. But um so it's possible this is Andy Bernard, right? I mean, cause Stanford, Connecticut was was where you know that office was before they transferred. Right. Uh, it's a five-star review titled Daily Kickoff, something that you and I are both a part of. Yes. Uh, for, for Daily Kickoff Show is a great way to start the day. I truly respect Argio Choa's expertise and mm. intelligence, and I enjoy listening to him. But, in all capital letters, I really wish he would, again, in all capital letters, stop singing. Yeah. Now, here's the thing.
2: Understandable there.
1: I I have a song in my heart, Pete, and Mm. I can't help that it comes out. But you know what, Andy from Connecticut? I've taken your opinion. I've taken that of other people. Mm. Fine. All right. I'll inhibit the singing. But just, just know that, you know, I'm a songbird that now is just I'm, I'm caged yeah. is really, really well, how I I feel. think
2: the bottom line is more than the American Idol. You're a man of the people at heart, and that's always going to win out. And as a people's champion, I can understand, OK, you're going to look past it and, and move on. So, look, good on you to, to be the bigger man in a sense here.
1: Well, yeah, you know, shout out to me, obviously, a true mm-hmm. underdog like the NFL. It right. is Monday, Football Monday. Today is Monday, March 29th, a month from today. Pete Tweeney, is April 29th. Look at that quick math there. April 29th is the beginning of the 2021 NFL draft, the beginning as in the first round, which works out very nicely for the show that we have lined up for you today here on MFN. Again, what everybody knows and acknowledges is the best production on the SB Nation NFL show. Pete, on Friday, uh, we mentioned this on the Daily Kickoff today, there was a kerfuffle, uh, a shuffling.
2: A mad dash, a mad dash, if you will.
1: Uh, within the top ten picks, uh, well, top twelve, I suppose, uh, of the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers have had enough losing to the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 54. It's just a, a pain that they can no longer stomach. They just they can't watch the Jimmy Garoppolo miss throw in the fourth quarter right. anymore. Kyle Shanahan says Matt Ryan's the best quarterback I've ever worked with in my life. That's not acceptable. Shout out, of course, to Gina Kelly. Yesterday was March 28th. 20 to 3 day, on and on and on. But I need somebody awesome. I need somebody legitimate. So the 49ers traded up to the third overall pick. Shout out to the Miami Dolphins. A true shout out to Laramie Tunsell and the Houston Texans who made all of that possible. The Dolphins, Pete, as you know, had originally moved back to 12 overall. They sat there for a moment, a brief moment, then jumped back up to number six overall with the worst team in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are now outside of the top 10 despite being the worst team in the worst division in the NFL last year. We have a lot to sort through, but your thoughts on the trade before we begin what we are going to do here, which is a projection of the top 10 picks in the 2021 NFL draft.
2: Yeah, I I think in this day and age, and and I get it, I mean, because we see the traffic behind it, everyone wants to grade the trades and figure out, okay, who won. Uh, This one to me right now is impossible to know. I think in a sense... You can make a case that all these teams won out because the 49ers have clearly identified, as we'll get into, that there's some kind of quarterback that they like. That's my opinion there. And if he turns out to be the guy that they've been looking for, okay, then they win, even though they they did give up quite a bit. You can make the case that the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to use a a widely used NFL cliche here, are playing chess in a sense while everyone is playing checkers. They have the quarterback in place realized there's a lot of teams in the league that might want one of these five guys and are taking full advantage of it and found a way to really get a lot of picks for a, a really good position and then found a team like the Eagles and suitable to get back up. And what again, we'll get into this, but I you know take probably a, a good weapon for Tua and then good on the Eagles to identify, all right, if, if we're not in a position to get Zach Wilson, let's get out and try to continue to get some draft capital and build around Jalen Hurts. And from the naked eye, the reporter's eye, from the podcast host's eye, the fan's eye, it looks like Jalen Hurts could be a guy. So why go out and, and put yourself in what is going to be a jet situation that's really awfully confusing? Let's start to build around this guy, and let's give him this year opportunity to really show us, okay, he can lead a franchise. And I think there was a sigh of relief from Eagles fans that, they are going to give this kid an opportunity. So I think in a lot of ways, all these teams win. You know, we again, we we always rush to say, well, well, who got the best deal? If I'm having to to say that I think it's the Dolphins because I think they're being really smart here. But again, y- you know, you look at these franchises three years down the road. They all might be better because of it.
1: I think San Francisco is in the best position to win the fastest right because if if they get their yeah. guy and and he's their guy then then they're easily declared the winners as a cowboys fan. I was really hoping that the Eagles were going to take a quarterback with the sixth overall pick. Uh, it would have been great theater just to watch that you know whole production well, continue to go down that road
2: yeah and and the quarterback is always the most important thing, right, so like this morning and I know I'm always sort of chief space, but it is what it is. Tano Passano went to the Saints, meaning the only 2017 draft pick left in Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes. That's still the best draft class in history with the one person right. left four years later because you got the quarterback right. So you make a great point. If San Francisco nails their guy. We will look back and say, thank God they made that move, even with all the draft capital that the Miami Dolphins were able to receive.
1: I do think that the Eagles are kind of on the the path that the Dolphins have been down for a while. They're just going to the beginning of the of the race line, so to speak. And that, I mean, Philly now has, you know, a, an extra first round pick for next year. They might get another one if Carson Wentz is legitimate in Indianapolis. Right. They obviously have their own. And so, sure, like, say you suck, like. Then you'll have a, another top six pick or whatever the case may be, and you'll have other capital. And if you don't like where you're you'll have a, a treasure chest worth of it if you want to move up like the Miami Dolphins just showed as a very you know possible thing to do. Or maybe things don't line up properly. So a smart move on behalf of the Eagles. But very interesting, you mentioned, Zach Wilson, that it was reported that they really had eyes for him and him alone uh, in terms of their available prospects. And so because they realized he is not going to be an option for them, they wanted to bail out. Um, the Miami Dolphins Pete to me um, because that third overall pick originally did belong to the Texans and they got it by way of Laramie Tunsil Laramie Tunsil is like um, you know that episode of the office where uh, they have the the the, like warehouse garage sale or whatever and Dwight is trading like burnt candles for like uh, a television show on DVD and then like uh, an encyclopedia collection whatever it is like that's what the Dolphins have done here. And as long as they don't flip it for Mr. Magoo's magic beans there at the end, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a job well done by Chris Greer.
2: Yeah, Chris G- Greer, it, it's been incredible. Uh, I think the easy joke to make here is he's really bringing the smoke from getting Laramie Tunsil and turning it into all yep. of this draft capital. I just think they're a team to watch. And I also like the idea of like, I know, we're like I said, we're going to get into the how the Jets are all but, definitely going to take Wilson. But Tua didn't necessarily look the part last year, but it's not like a quick, all right, we're going to give up. No, we're going to give time for this kid to develop. I mean, we saw something that was super unique and that we've never really seen in past years in the NFL in like a relief quarterback pitcher in Miami last year. Like what? You had to give your guy a relief quarterback? That makes no sense. And yet, they're not giving up, and you 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 can see it's a, it's a clear move to get him some weapons. I I think, and you know I, I keep I keep running over what we're about to talk about, and so I just I like what they're doing, and I like what a lot of these teams are doing, and and that's that's where I came away. I I just it's strategic, and and there not doesn't always have to be a clear cut winner of uh, movement. I think everybody can win, I, and and this is clearly one of those situations for me.
1: Last thing I'll say before we start our projection of the top ten: there's one element missing to making the Dolphins like a true threat in the NFL to me. And it's not the quarterback position. They have, they have all of the narratives, right? Like they have, they, they play and operate in a place that's great to live. That's, that's where, you know, Pedro and RJ once dominated, by the way, we right. were down in South beach having pizza pies and, and some right. paella. It was mm-hmm. a good time. No Got the great locale, got the great lifestyle, right? Got the no state income tax, all the, you know, cherries on top, so to speak. Here's the one thing, and I think you you take a page out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playbook here. And I, I I promise you, you have no idea where I'm going here. The Bucks had made an awful decision to change their uniforms. They went in this awful chrome <laughs> direction. It was a disaster. What happens? Literally the very first year that the Buccaneers get back to like their vintage awesome right. uniforms. I know this is still salt in your wound, but they win the freaking Super Bowl, Dolphins. Enough with this futuristic kind of just you know, sideways dolphin, mm. get back to the OG, the one that has the M on his helmet. My dog agrees. <laughs> and seriously, like if that happens, like why are they not a like an awesome threat in the NFL?
2: That's why you, you really got to give respect, I think, in a sense to some of these teams that have just had the same uniforms forever. There, there's just something special about how the 1965 Vikings and chiefs Look like the 2021 right. Vikings and Chiefs. I love that,
1: and that's why that's why Raiders cheese Not to interrupt you, is such yeah. a great game because exactly. it, it just looked the same forever.
2: Right. You, you can compare that grainy film to you know the HD Fox cams nowadays. I think that there's something special to that. Now,
1: do I hate the occasional alternate?
2: No. But I really like the idea of the primary uniform staying the same.
1: Pete, as mentioned, we are going to project the top 10 picks in the 2021 NFL draft now that the order has been reset. But before we do, let's take a break. Let's get it out of the way so okay. that we, can, we can blast through this thing. Uh, let's see if Bear can calm down. So everybody, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
2: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice,
1: Welcome back, everybody. Bear has promised to stay calm. We will see what happens. Pete, on the other hand, is riled up because the time has come to, in fact, predict the top 10 picks in the 2021 NFL draft. Now, Pete, I don't think there will be much debate when it comes to the number one overall selection, but we're going to have to come to an agreement here. Okay. And uh, and by the way, for any Cowboys fans who are listening, I will be doing a YouTube video on our on the blog on the Boys YouTube channel later on on Monday, um, going over the options that the Cowboys will have at the outset of this, which is of course the tenth overall pick. Like that content synergy, Pete. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, you could learn a thing or two from me. Yeah. Okay. So if if the if the Chiefs weren't always picking at the back of the draft, maybe you'd you know you'd be able to do something like this. But right. You know, hey. Whatever it is. We we just wait
2: all the whole night on on Thursday.
1: (laughs) The Jacksville Jaguars hold the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. They are going to take Trevor Lawrence. If you have any level of disagreement, I will laugh. But now is the time to offer that.
2: Nope. This is the clear-cut pick. It's been a consensus, which is very, very rare for such a bold take. But it's been a consensus that this is a potential generational type of quarterback. And I think it's good for the Jaguars because, you know what? Even if he ends up being a bust, right, in that scenario, everyone is saying the same thing. I don't even know if they would necessarily get blamed for that that regime. And so, yeah, it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I they could make the pick right now. That That's how 100% certain it is. So, yeah. I, well, they, I
1: they used to do that. Remember, they used to like there were yeah. some times where the number one overall pick would agree to terms, you know, on their contract before the 2011 CBA. That was always fun.
2: There was some news actually surrounding this over the weekend that came out where Lawrence is insisting on watching the draft from Clemson rather than being there in person so you won't be getting that classic walk-up hat and jersey type of deal it might be more of a zoom situation
1: i believe the last time that a team in the state of florida took a or had the number one overall pick it was Jameis winston and he was also at home so this is like a thing you know what i mean like if you're a number right. one overall pick in the state of florida you just you do it from home um, mm. And I believe he also like his contract was done like an hour after he got drafted. But learn a lesson from the Jaguars, Dolphins gotten back to the good uniforms. They're on the right path now. Trevor right. Lawrence.
2: So that was really, you know, when you think about it, why Winston failed in Tampa was was the uniforms. <laughs> you saw him come in in the playoff game last year for one play in New Orleans, yep. classic uniforms. And what was it? It was a touchdown. And so uh, you can see he's on the right path now.
1: Great point. Great point. Okay, so uh, based on things that we have said um, so far on this episode, I do think that we're going to have I don't know about like discourse here, but it sounds like you have Zach Wilson heading to the New York Jets. I don't know. I do. People. people, So like there's always the like the draft starts at, you know, like it really starts at whatever pick that isn't the number one overall pick. Yeah. And I I think people this year are going to say the draft starts at four. But I do think it kind of starts here at two. Because there isn't this like consensus pick for the Jets, it could be Zach Wilson or it could be Justin Fields.
2: Well, what's tough about this exercise is if the Jets aren't going to take Wilson with number two, they have no option but to trade back, which would again ruin this entire exercise. Because we so wouldn't. you
1: don't you don't like Justin Fields to the Jets?
2: I think it's Wilson, and in a similar sense to the consensus thing, I mean, people are starting to compare Wilson to Patrick Mahomes. I know that Chris Sims of pro football talk has actually, I believe if I'm not mistaken, placed Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, as far as uh, prospect potential. And so I think it's a pick that if they keep, they will have to take Wilson. And then they end up doing what they do with Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold is going to be their guy and they're going to try to protect him and give him a legitimate shot, they have no choice, but to trade back here. Give it to a team that really covets Wilson, and then you get all that capital. I mean, we saw what the number three pick did for the Miami Dolphins. If you are going to sell Wilson, in a sense, then you have to make that move and, and again, get uh, what, what you deserve for that pick. If they keep it, I, that's where I'm at. If they keep it, it's Wilson for me.
1: It has felt like it's going to be Justin Fields for a long time, maybe since the college football playoff, um, yeah. incident- incidentally, when, when Ohio State beat Clemson. I'm fine for the purposes of see, like, we have the best energy here on Monday Football Monday, which is obviously well known, but you know, like, there's a little bit more consternation on these other shows, um, right? Except for the look ahead. The look ahead also a fine production, right? So I'll, I'm fine penciling in Zach Wilson here. Um, I just want, I wanted to say one thing. I do think it would be cool if, uh, if the Jets had a situation where, like, say, Justin Fields was the quarterback and, say their two starting wide receivers names were like Eric and Travis and you know their starting running backs name was like Sam. Right. Yeah. Then you would truly have like a J E T S. That would be super <laughs> awesome if if that ever worked out that way. The most intriguing
2: part of this to me is once they make this pick, because it I, I really feel like it's heading in that direction. What what happens to Sam Darnold? Because this isn't a situation uh, we're about to get to the 49ers, like where you have a veteran type of quarterback and maybe you give him the year to develop and similar right. to what they did in Kansas City. Darnold is still young and he still has proving to do. I don't I don't think Darnold is going to want to stay in New York with a guy that's going to replace him, especially his young age in his 20s. It makes no sense to me. And so very intriguing in New York. Uh, it's great that they have the number two pick, but with the idea that they're going to take uh, another quarterback, especially you know just a couple of years removed after taking Sam Darnold, it really isn't the most ideal situation that you'd want to be in.
1: I agree. It's a rare thing when you have two quarterbacks both on rookie contracts, yep. let alone first round rookie contracts, um, let alone both who were top three picks.
2: Only the Jets. I'm sure a lot of Jets fans would say this is this is exactly what we do, and they're one of those franchises that seemingly always ends up in these precarious situations.
1: Right. And just last thing there, like. There's not even this, like, would-be destination. Like, there's no longer a Chicago Bears where you can ship him (laughs) off to. No, they got
2: QB1 via Twitter. It is very clear the red rifle is QB1 in Chicago.
1: I think he makes sense. This is something I mentioned The look ahead Stats has floated out. Like, if I was the Steelers, okay, let's go get Sam Darnold. I mean, Mm. I know we've got Dwayne Haskins, but let's go get some insurance policy for the future because we really have identified that this is the last year a Ben Roethlisberger or Washington, like not, not necessarily trading for Sam to be your undisputed starter, but like to give yourself an option. I I, I kind of like that move.
2: Yeah, there are a couple places out there, too, where you could bring Sam Darnold and have a good old fashioned QB competition as well. Like, I I don't know. Denver had been connected to Deshaun Watson. He stands out. You bring in Sam Darnold and, and maybe he pushes Drew Locke. Even, that would be fun. Even Vegas, where Derek Carr has been... Fine. <laughs> Give him some competition to push him. Put him in, him in
1: that, that beautiful uniform, Chiefs Raiders. It'll look timeless. Likely, perfect.
2: likely not to happen now that they've, they've brought back Mariota. And who I, I don't know. I, we don't have to get into another side conversation, but I think Mariota's this dark horse, but we'll see uh, what, what happens in, in, in Las Vegas. But yeah, I, I think there's some real intrigue to what happens with this double rookie contract quarterback situation
1: all right so um we've got trevor lawrence going to jacksonville zach wilson going to the jets so now we are at the newest holder of the third overall pick the san francisco 49ers this pick originally belonged to the houston texans as noted became the miami dolphins shout out Larry Tunzel, and -hmm. now belongs to the 49ers so uh, it's clear and obvious that this is going to be a quarterback And I told you, Pete, before we started recording that I asked our foremost 49ers experts here at SB Nation about what they would like to see or rather what they think the 49ers will do if this situation ultimately ends up kind of, you know, falling into place the way that it has. Now, I asked Rob Statz-Guerrera and Kyle Posey. You can hear them later on this week on the SB Nation NFL show, of course. Um, Who do you think? They agreed. Who do you think that they have or they think the 49ers will take?
2: Uh, It's hard for me to predict who they think, but I'd imagine they have... Fields or Lance where this is intriguing is Mac Jones is suddenly in the mix. And I know people will have some pause there, but I, I just think back to Mitch Trubisky when Mm -hmm. teams feel like they have their guy, they have their guy. I know that this to you in our pre podcast online meeting that Mike Tannenbaum analyst for ESPN, former general manager, he has said that on, I believe it's Tuesday, the 49ers brass, had a choice between going to Ohio State and Alabama, and they'll be in Tuscaloosa to watch Mac Jones throw in person. Now, that's interesting. doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go in that direction. could just be like, okay, we know what Fields is. Let's cross-check yeah, this a, other his one.
1: His body of work is much larger. Right, right, right.
2: Totally. So we'll see there. I,
1: I don't know. I, I,
2: okay, I'll take a stab here. I bet you they would say Fields. Am
1: I right there? So before I tell you what they say, are we just going to, because they are the 49ers experts, kind of let them, let them make the decision here? or
2: Yes, know? yes. If, if, if they came onto our podcast and tried <laughs> to tell me where the Chiefs or you, where the Cowboys okay. are going to go, I would say, look, with respect, love you guys, but get the hell out of here. So, yes, All let's right. let them make, make the call here.
1: Well, then, with the third overall pick, the San Francisco 49ers have taken Justin Fields. Knew it! Um, it'd be fun to see that in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I'm, I think it would be exciting. I, Trey Lance is in the mix, too. I do find it fascinating what Carson Wentz's career has done for the narrative surrounding Trey Lance, and that's really unfair. Um, but you mentioned Mitchell Trubisky when it comes to Mac Jones. It's just, you know, those are ghosts that those guys are fighting in that sense. But but that
2: that's also the problem with the mock drafts. And not that I don't love mock drafts. I see the numbers that they do on our site. The more mock drafts, the better, right, that we can run, in, especially this month. But if, if the 49ers go and take Mac Jones, crumple up your papers, you know, because you just don't know how that'll impact every other pick. And then and the mock drafts get thrown out the window so early every year. And this is another situation where they might.
1: The 21st century term you're looking for, Pete, is delete your Google Doc, not crumple mm. up your paper. Uh, but mm. anyway, I am uh, old. Okay. so we've got Lawrence Wilson Fields going uno, dos, tres uh, with pick number four, the Atlanta Falcons, Pete. Uh well, the draft in, in many ways does start here because this is the point of, of highest unknown at this particular point in time because we know that quarterbacks are likely going with the top three. This does feel and I don't know if you got wily enough in in you know your assessment here to say I have team X doing it, but this does feel like the trade up spot, the prime trade up spot. You know, you won't get as much as obviously Miami got. Maybe, maybe you will. I don't know how how great of a job Atlanta can do here, but This feels like the Mac Jones spot that that somebody has said, I'm coming up to the ATL and Atlanta can talk themselves into. We've got Matt Ryan. We don't need to make that big of a move here. It's not worth taking anybody else here unless they want to add Kyle Pitts to that offense. Um, I'm going to assume you have somebody in particular trading up with the Falcons.
2: I I think someone could trade up here. I wasn't exactly sure the direction we were going here. I didn't know that trade ups were allowed. If they Uh (laughs) could. if they keep the pick i have a i actually had a quarterback going to the falcons
1: that'd be that'd be fascinating honestly and
2: not not in the sense of okay we're ready to move on from matt ryan this year i look at it more of a as like a justin love type of move or jordan love excuse me in in green bay Man, uh, no love for jordan jeez <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> got the name wrong um because i matt ryan is 35 and I still think that the Falcons very much believe in the next one to three years Ryan is the guy. But I, I like the trend of of teams trying to get the quarterback in so he could learn and not putting him under pressure. Like sometimes it works with Justin Herbert. Other times it just it's too soon. We've kinda like seen with Darnold we just talked about and like a Rose in his career is now completely off the wall. They just were not ready to to go in and, and be the starter right away. And so I, I, I think getting someone in there now, if they trade the pick, if you, if you want to say, OK, for this exercise, let's trade it and have that team taking Mac Jones. Let's just say it's New England because I know New England has been connected with the Saban ties or whatever. I, maybe that would be my, my best guess if you want to go in that direction.
1: I do think that whoever makes this pick, whether it's Atlanta, New England or otherwise, I think it's Mac Jones.
2: OK, yeah, uh, I be- think it's fair because of how much buzz these QBs are getting to assume it's going to be four quarterbacks in a row to start at least
1: right and i think mac makes sense in new england for the obvious saving ties but he also makes sense in atlanta uh, in a true matt ryan paradigm with the fact that he's the least ready at the moment than anybody else okay mac you get a couple of years to sit behind matt ryan for the twilight of his career Whatever, et cetera. But maybe Matt Ryan again goes Aaron Rodgers and has you know an incredible run over the next year. Who knows? But it just the dots are so easy to connect. So, uh, Team TBD is taking Mac Jones with the fourth overall. I'm pick. good with that. Okay. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals Pedro with the fifth overall pick. A lot of people have penciled in one of the tackles here, Rashawn Slater or Panay Sewell. But there have been some murmurings. The MMQB's Albert Breer noted that Cincinnati. Um, well, you know, they have been listening to their number one overall pick from last year and his recommendations and Joe Burrow, a fight in LSU Tiger. And by the way, Pete, uh, for what it's worth, the last game that Joe Burrow ever lost in college was to the fight in Texas Aggies, the thriller seven overtime game in 2018. But anyway, um, so, uh, Ellis, or, or Joe Burrow wants the Bengals to draft Jamar Chase. Your thoughts?
2: I guess it's possible here. I I think you know as great as Burrow is a leader and everything that you heard last year, where he's completely shifted the culture in Cincinnati. Sometimes you got to say, Joe, we love you. We're going to do what's oh, right I, for the I franchise disagree. here. And I, I, I think I think they protect him. I here's here's what Cincinnati learned last year. Joe Burrow is going to change our franchise. He's a legit guy. For me, he's a top ten guy, maybe even top five as time goes on here. Right? That's what I saw. You can only be. A team and take advantage of that if he's on the field. And the offensive line was not good enough last year; he could barely operate. It actually reminded me of Mahomes in the Super Bowl the entire year, and it led to a season-ending injury and the end of your season in Cincinnati. I, I agree with some of the pundits. I like Sewell here. I'm open to, to taking. It seems like you have some more conviction in your takes. So I'll throw you the floor. Uh, Sewell <laughs> for me is the top tackle, and I think they need to shore that up. Protect him for the next 10 years and who to, who to do it than what a lot of people would consider to be a day one starter at tackle in the NFL.
1: Lots to love about Panay Sewell, no doubt about it. It's a rare thing that quarterback and wide receiver combinations get to play in the NFL like they did, you know, obviously together in college. I also like it's a different thing. Uh, but when when players who were on opposing teams in a title game get to play together, like Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, um, my favorite one was always Vince Young and Lendell White with the Titans. Uh, but I mean, so let's think about this wide receiver group. If the Bengals take Jamar Chase, you have Jamar Chase, you have T. Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd. You still have, you know, I know that there's reports about the Bengals taking calls about Gio Bernard. But the point being, you have Joe Mixon. I mean, that's one of the best offensive nucleuses in that division, is it not? I mean, it's a better nucleus than Pittsburgh, right? Like, no disrespect to Juju.
2: And they got a lot of good young players to me. Like, like you just mentioned, like, Boyd and Higgins stand out. Mixon, when he's completely healthy, stands out. Like, they have – that's why – part of the reason why I went to – if this was a completely barren team, similar to, like, in my opinion, the Titans before they added Reynolds, and let's let's see if that's even enough. I don't even think that's enough offensive firepower. Like, maybe they go and, and grab another weapon. I, I, I'd, I'd be cautious there because you can, uh, like, you can always get weapons. How, how often can you get, what is this guy who's going to shore up your offensive line? It's so critical that you keep Burrow on his feet, you know? And, and that's where, that's where I agree. I tend to agree with, with the consensus here. I, 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 it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, if the quarterback is like insisting, uh, you've seen a lot, a lot of teams this off season. Uh, who have lost communication with our quarterbacks and just didn't listen to them at all. And now the uh, franchise is in rough shape. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's possible.
1: I would love to see that. I think it would be just so thrilling. But I think it's important that Joe Burrow is asking for this, reportedly, because he is the biggest, baddest, walks the tallest among all people that have entered the Bengals organization in how long. I mean, like, seriously, like, and I would even... I mean this in, in like, I a, just,
2: I mean, I don't know about letting a 21 year old kid draft your team for you. I just don't. He's
1: not 21. He's like 24, I'm 24. He's got, he's got experience 20. in life. Is there anything <laughs> difference
2: between 21 and 24? Really? Uh,
1: okay. You, you want out. We let the jets have Zach Wilson. Okay. Let me, ha- let me put Jamar. Let's just have fun. Pete, let's have fun. Why are you against I'm fun? Fine. All right. All right. So Jamar chase headed to the Cincinnati. Bengals, I have somewhere. It's
2: fun. I have somewhere where I could slide. Sewell. And now I I just changed it.
1: Um, And again, the, the report from Albert Breer was that the Eagles moved back because they believe that the Bengals are leaning in this direction. So there's like credence to this idea. Um, Okay, so we've got the first half um, kind of ironed out. We've got to move a little bit quickly here. Um, The sixth overall pick, because see, on Monday Football Monday, we just have so much fun. We don't Mm -hmm. waste people's time like these other shows. But whatever.
2: Correct. Yeah, that's right.
1: The Miami Dolphins now hold the pick that once again did belong to the worst team in the NFL. Uh, The sixth overall choice. It does feel like this is a skill player, Pete, um, that the the Dolphins are going to get, whether for two or someone else. Danesee, darling.
2: No, fantasy darling, Mike Chisicki. Uh, it's the end of your tenure, in my opinion, in Miami. Oh. If, if that's the direction we're going in, a lot you of have people.
1: Pitts. A
2: lot of people say that Pitts could be the overall number one big board best athlete, best player in the entire draft. We're already at the sixth pick. Uh, I think now they're doubling down in Tua. They go and get him a weapon in this little area here. I had Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. That's my opinion. Uh, we somehow, for some reason, gave Chase to the Bengals. So I think that leaves <laughs> Pitts here for, for the Dolphins. I, I think I understand about the quarterbacks. and I, I think that's right. In the, in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, what do you got? Nothing. They feel like they have their quarterback. They made moves that that showed that they feel that way. Let's go get him a weapon. I think Kyle Pitts to the, to the Miami Dolphins.
1: I don't disagree in any capacity, here, which is nice to see. Kyle Pitts is immediately like the fifth best tight end in the NFL. That's like no disrespect to the NFL. It's just like the position is that starving for separators. You've got George Kittle. You've got Travis Kelsey and you've got Darren Waller, I suppose. And then you've got Kyle Pitts. Like that's that's where this is headed. Um, I love the fit. I love everything about it. I do want to say just because, A, I think we should. B, he's defended the show. Devontae Smith, I mean, is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner um, and hasn't gotten love here. Obviously, we gave it to Jamar Chase and to Kyle Pitts over him. Obviously, his physical size is inhibiting him in the eyes of many draft minds. Um, but so, I like it. Kyle Pitts, lock it in. I mean, you know, and, and put him in that beautiful uniform. I mean, don't waste his time here, you know? I know,
2: I know we're moving this along. Quickly, and so you have pits with the Dolphins, and you just mentioned Devonte Smith. That's where I have the Lions going. I
1: think you know. Oh, you look at, the next pick. Okay, you, nice you, segue. You
2: think you you know you think about all right. Well, Devonte Smith is now falling right. Well, the Lions just lost Kenny Galladay to the New York Giants. Marvin Jones is now in the Jacksonville Jaguars. You don't want to put Jared Goff in this basically the same type of situation. I, I think with the Rams, you got to get him a dance partner. And to me. Uh, that's one of these guys from Alabama and Waddle, or what will be, I would guess, Devonte Smith. I think in seventh, I mean, you hear about the route running where he might be one of the better route runners in the league the second he steps on the field. Like that to me is, all right, if you are saying we're rebuilding in Detroit, we have a new quarterback here. I know that there is a chance for a quarterback in Detroit, but I, I got to think that they give Jared Goff at least one season to see okay can we get something going here well you got to provide him a weapon and so i like smith there
1: i disagree with you entirely because mm. D- dan campbell is all about busting kneecaps and like, kneecaps cl- he wants to cl- eat them right or whatever and clench teeth and like you know lifting tires and listen listen to acdc like this this is a hard dude and i i think that the lions are in a like there's rebuilding and then there's like a weird state of team construction. And the Lions are in that. Um, they're not quite in purgatory. Um, and Jared Goff will kind of raise their floor just a little bit. But I do think that I think that that Dan Campbell wants his his like cornerstone tackle. And I, I think that I, I think that, you know, this is this is the Jonathan Ogden pick, right? Like this is the the, the restart of the revolution. And so I do think that this is Panay Sewell because I think that, you know, hey, Jared, we do like you. I know we let all your weapons walk, but we really like you. Matt, what happened to Matthew Stafford here? Why was he always so bad? It's because he got beat up all the time. Early on in his career, Matthew Stafford couldn't even stay healthy. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go get you a big, awesome, premier, premium tackle, and you're going to feel safe. Are you happy now? He's a West Coast guy. You're a West Coast guy. Congratulations, Jared. Now, this, this to me – like Panay Sewell is I, a is a I classic like, Dan Campbell pick.
2: I like a weapon here, as I've I've stated, but what we've learned from watching Jared Goff is if he is pressured or hindered at all, I mean that completely ruins any effectiveness. Right. So I'll buy. I'll 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 take Sewell. I mean, you really are are jockeying my my ranking and my draft picks here, <laughs> but I'll 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 succumb for the good of the show.
1: Pete is uh you know, he's really malleable, he's ambidextrous, he he can he can, he can salsa, he can merengue, he can cha-cha, he can do it all at a moment's notice. Way to go, Pete Tweeney. All right, so uh, a recap here is we have three picks left. We've got Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, Zach Wilson to the New York Jets, Justin Fields to the Niners, Team TBD is taking Mac Jones, the Cincinnati Bengals round out the top five with LSU see receiver Jamar Chase, the best pick that any of us have made so far. Uh, the Miami Dolphins right after that taking Kyle Pitts, and the Detroit Lions, the 3-1-3, taking Panay. Sewell. We have three selections left, Pete, and the Carolina Panthers would be on the clock next. They have obviously been linked to Deshaun Watson in terms of would-be trades. That situation mm-hmm. um, is is a whole different thing right now. Yeah. Um, and it does feel, I think that not to get into the Deshaun Watson conversation, but the 49ers said, we're done with that, right? Like, that's why they traded up to number three overall. Right. The Miami The Miami Dolphins are seemingly still involved, I guess, or still in play. But this, this is the Panthers' chance to commit to a new era in Carolina with Matt Rule. And, you know, year one is done. Like, you no longer have the, well, it's year one, you know, kind of protection label, whatever. Um, I do think this is a quarterback. And they have options, which, you know, they didn't think they would or really i don't think they have options there there's one option i should say
2: yeah i i agree i i'm i'm with you here i think the fifth quarterback regardless of who it is goes in this position and i think what we talked about before it's that good old fashioned camp battle between bridgewater who i believe Unfollowed the Panthers from all social media when they started to become interested in Deshaun Watson Yikes. and this rookie quarterback, and they say, "All right, we're going to let these guys battle it out in training camp, and let's see who wins the job. The other guy will will be the backup."
1: Well, so we've got Trey Lance going to Carolina. Yeah, put, here, yeah, then.
2: Trey Lance then. Yep.
1: Okay, that would be again. It would be fascinating because we've been hearing all of this chatter for months now. This is going to be the off-season of quarterback movement, and like that, really didn't happen. I mean, I suppose it kind of happened, but. after this this pick who who is still in need of of a quarterback because you can't even really put the Dolphins there because they do have Tua. like that could work out I guess you could put the Bears that's it like they're the only team that is like truly in the wilderness of quarterback wasteland.
2: yeah I mean I guess you can even say that like Dalton could be a a guy for a year maybe Denver
1: to your point earlier
2: maybe but I, I think you know watching them from the AFC West standpoint uh, and and we were going to you know talk about this here. Like Locke, I agree. He has not shown and, and really grabbed the job with definitiveness and said, you know, this is my team. Now, that being said, he was hurt last year. He had a nice end uh, when he did finally get an opportunity back in, uh, I believe, 2019. And so with the flashes, it's different than when they were running out Simeon. So I think you got to give Locke a full season to say, all right, well, who are you? And I I think this is that 2021 season. It's very much make or break. It's like, all right, it's now or never, Drew. But I think he gets that opportunity.
1: Okay. Uh, By the way, Pete, I just saw a tweet uh, from Matt Barrows, who covers the 49ers for the Athletics, just to go back to uh, the 49ers pick that we discussed. He tweeted on uh, on Monday, uh, right about now. Alabama quarterback Mac Jones says he's watched a lot of 49ers tape, says their drop back passing game is similar to what Alabama does, calls it a, quote, super quarterback friendly offense. Mac Jones making his plea. You know what? Restart the podcast. We got to redo the (laughs) whole thing. Okay. Uh, Jay Lance going to the Panthers um, with the eighth overall pick. I mentioned them. Denver at nine. Um, Pete, you do have um, your thumb on the AFC West more than anybody else. There's yeah, options I, here. I just day. made
2: my point about it, and and that's I'll tell you where I went here. I went with Sean Slater of Northwestern uh, tackle. Right. I think they just continue to try to protect Drew Locke, make sure he doesn't get injured uh, again to really ruin uh, his opportunity. They went with a lot of receiving weapons last year. They had some right. receivers in that offense emerge. I think Jerry Judy is probably penciled in to be uh, take a leap you know, this year, he, he probably wasn't as good as we all thought he might be in, in year one. So let's see what he does with some strength and conditioning and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, I think they go with Slater out of Northwestern to tackle and say, let's let's protect Drew here.
1: I think that that's very possible. I think if not for the addition of Kyle Fuller, I know it's a one year deal. They could have been a spot here for a corner to go. I, I mean, I was going to say the two corners, but I know that people how, have fa-
2: a- how fast they jumped on Fuller made me think they have another position in mind i mean it was blink released blink signed fuller right. in denver so
1: i think this makes sense honestly at this point in the draft like if this is really happening we're all at home we're all having a good time pete's on his like third iced coffee of the night yeah oh a nice hand clap action there that was a, that was smooth but you hear like so you hear you know daniel jeremiah say this is the greatest value of the draft so far Getting Rashawn Slater at number nine. That you you could you could totally see that. That could totally make sense. Um for what it's worth, I could see the tackles. You know, swapped. I could see Slater going to Detroit, Sewell going to Denver, whatever the case may be. But either way, um, I do. I feel very confident in our first nine picks, which is always the case, you know, with anybody when it comes to um, you know, mock drafts and whatever. Right. But okay, so we have one pick left, and uh, Pete, just to recap again once more: Lawrence one, Wilson two, Fields three, Mac Jones four to um, a question mark of a team. Jamar Chase goes five. Kyle Pitts is headed to South Beach. We'll recommend a pizza spot to him. We know several. Panay Sewell to Detroit. Trey Lance to the Panthers. Panthers are another team if they do trade up there. And Rashawn Slater headed to the Denver Broncos to protect Drew Locke. Um, A bit of a boring assignment for him. Uh, This puts America's team on the clock. Mm. The Dallas Cowboys hold a 10th uh, overall pick. Chiefs
2: don't pick to 31. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: It is the highest pick the Cowboys have had since 2016 when they took Ezekiel Elliott with the fourth overall pick. And Pete, in case you did not know, although I think you do because you are a bright man, there are no defensive players off the board yet. This is the Cowboys and, and this is like that's that's really possible, right? Like we're, we're not stretching anything like it is legitimately possible that the Cowboys could be the first def- or they could have a situation where they could take the first defensive player off the board. And that's what I have. I mean, I I think,
2: you know, they go cornerback here. Alabama's Patrick certain. How, what is that where you're, you're thinking it goes?
1: So the Caleb Farley news last week is unfortunate for Caleb Farley. While we were recording, Adam Schefter tweeted out uh um, Caleb's forty time before he had his back surgery. Um, I'm interested. Like I think that that's a that's a great pick for like the Chiefs, maybe. You know, yeah. or, like a team like that. You know, who, well, he who has...
2: hustles and 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 people right. have a lot of needs in year one,
1: right. and you totally. have
2: pieces in place to to let him recover. I agree.
1: Exactly, but uh, but so the Cowboys obviously cannot roll the dice on Caleb Farley here in his rookie season. And so Patrick Sertain from Alabama, Uh, Patrick Sertain the second, I believe his father played for the Chiefs, actually. That makes sense. Some people have floated out Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker. The Cowboys do have questions at linebacker. We'll see if they do pick up Leighton Vanderesh's fifth-year option. Jalen Smith has not been good. Here's the
2: thing. I mean, we said Sertain, certain. I'm probably mispronouncing it, whatever. Um, You're certain
1: it's Sertain. There we go.
2: There, yeah, perfect. I think they take their highest graded defensive player. I mean, what has all the chatter been from Dallas? You are on the pulse of it outside looking in from a national standpoint. It's been, well, you know, they secured Dak enough of that talk. Well, the defense needs to be good. If Dak's going to have any opportunity to get this team back to the playoffs. And so, yeah, I, I think you have to take the highest graded defensive player on your board, whomever that may be. And with that in mind, him having a significant impact in year one. And so, yeah, I don't think Farley uh, can, can be a pick here.
1: No, I think a lot of people have fallen in love with JC Horn, but I think you, you take the, you take the blue chip can't miss, you know, home run likely option here. The only thing I'll add, Pete, and this is a a conversation Cowboys fans have heard, uh, but I think it's worth putting out into the ether so that, you know, our audience is is aware of this possibility. If, if, one of the tackles falls for whatever reason. Say, say one of these things gets a little bit wonky. Say somebody trades up with Denver to take Patrick Sertane because they view, they, they, there's he's right. he's cornerback number one. There's a little bit of a gap. Then, it, then maybe you want to say it's JC Horn or Caleb Farley, however you want to kind of distinguish that situation. But if one of the tackles is there, I think that's possible. And I think that, you know, most people would, would hear that and say, what the Cowboys' offensive line doesn't need a tackle. Their tackle situation is awful. Both Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins effectively missed the entire season last year. They they then lost both of their backup tackles. Zach I, Martin ha- had to go play tackle. I mean, it was really, really, really I, bad. And I, my point it, is they're they're, they're, sti- they're staring they're down, down the end of their, their offensive Chris line's Scott Before
2: he was injured, and I understand part of the reason is like protection and that maybe he doesn't get injured. Okay, whatever. I mean, you're still throwing for 450 yards and scoring 40 points a game. It was NFL blitz out there for the offense. I, I, I really think they have to go defense. I I, th- I just I, and I, I, I think too. maybe you're right. Maybe they get more protection in later rounds. Uh, but for that impact day one player, it has to be in Dallas for the sake of the fan base, not freaking out on Dallas radio. It has to be on the defensive side of the football.
1: Now earlier, um, I, I just because I think this is cool. Uh, we know that if Jamar Chase goes to the Bengals, he reunites with Joe Burrow. So you get that LSU offense, you know, and that connection specifically in Cincinnati. Patrick Sertain, obviously coming from Alabama, that is the Dallas Cowboys' their second round pick last year. Trayvon Diggs, the corner from Alabama, you're literally putting the Alabama secondary in your secondary it's 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 pretty cool like that doesn't happen a lot that's just a cool thing assuming it does happen so um I think every Cowboys fan would be thrilled to this pick uh Pete your answer cannot be Jamar Chase um so that being said which of these 10 selections that we have made do you feel the least confident my answer cannot be <laughs>
2: probably number three I I don't know Oh,
1: throwing stats and KP under the bus well Posey you definitely trust sometimes
2: it's just hard to to trust stats you don't know where he's really getting his information or anything that he really puts out there and so I just wonder I only really feel 50 percent confident about them choosing fields at that point so you you wonder if maybe the 49ers uh, go in another direction and here we go with the Mac Jones chatter already maybe we we flip-flop those two and it goes Jones and then Fields
1: for me the question mark is Detroit um, just because Dan Campbell is this true kind of loud card, right? Like he could go any direction and, and justify I'm it. Nah, in his nah,
2: own nah, nah, I'm tasting kneecaps. Yum, yum,
1: yum. <laughs> any any final thoughts before we check out of here? I mean, we, we've effectively predicted the top 10.
2: Yeah, this is it. And so uh, write it in stone uh, if you, you do have access to any kind of stone, because there will be no difference on draft night thirty 30 days or one month from today when these picks are made, uh, even if there's a trade up, it'll, it'll go in this order yeah, precisely.
1: Oh, last thing on on the docket um, to dip into Kansas City waters for a moment, just because hmm. this this does kind of affect the draft. Uh, you know, free agency moves are continuing to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen a few things. Jerron Reed heading the, the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, I uh, did mention that on the daily. But something that I did not mention on the daily that happened over the weekend, Sammy Watkins has found a yeah. home. And the Baltimore Ravens have gotten on the board at wide receiver. They seemingly struck out everywhere else. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I'll say, um, I don't love this. Th- this. This feels doomed from the jump. And I, I do think certain players, Laramie Tunsil is certainly the best example, are, right. are, are, are butterfly effects in the NFL. Sammy Watkins is one of them. I, I, I'm sure you recall he chose the Kansas City Chiefs in 2018 over the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and I don't think any Chiefs fan is upset about it. Sammy made some incredible plays that helped the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, but had the Cowboys gotten Sammy Watkins, they wouldn't have traded for Amari Cooper, which really changed their whole future as well, Uh, but your thoughts on Sammy headed to, you know, Charm City.
2: Really interesting player. I think, so in Kansas City, I feel a lot of fans in his departure feel a little bit like bittersweet, whereas he was so important to the playoff runs uh, for the Chiefs in what was 2018 and 2019. He had... The most production of any chiefs player but you know it just was a career in kansas city for the three years that was littered with injuries when he was healthy and on the field he without a doubt made an impact he was that guy that would help travis kelsey and tyree kill occasionally get one-on-one coverage and we know what happens when you go one-on-one coverage with those sammy would occasionally have one-on-one coverage against the better teams he was so important the chiefs could have really used him i thought for this playoff run he wasn't fully healthy in the super bowl his replacement in what was mccall hardman as far as the third producer could not live up to the expectation, we know about Patrick Mahomes running around the field. He has long wanted, in off seasons past, to have a bigger role, and this will certainly happen in Baltimore. Where, if you look at this receiving room, besides Hollywood Brown, I mean Watkins is going to be the next guy. It's no longer a situation. I know they have Mark Andrews, but it's no longer a situation where it's Hill, one of the best receivers, is not the best receiver in the NFL. Kelsey, one of the best tight ends, if not the best. I mean, Brown and Andrews are good, but they're not those guys, and so Watkins has a real opportunity. Again, the biggest asterisk to him, if he stays healthy, to finally be that producer, that thousand-yard guy that he was a long time ago in Buffalo. But it's a big if. It's a big if with the injuries. He's an injury-prone guy. Uh, Kansas City very happy uh, to have him for that run in that, that Super Bowl and that catch of a Richard Sherman in the championship. But there were some fans that were ready to move on, and he goes to an AFC. Oh, and the Chiefs and Ravens are due to meet up in 2021 so we will see Watkins versus the Chiefs this season
1: I mean I feel for Lamar Jackson like no disrespect to Sammy Watkins but this is just it feels like you ever you ever like you're, you you're gonna go get some fast food or something for dinner you're gonna go pick something up and and you cruise by like say you're yeah. like man I'm really I'm really feeling some some Whataburger you're gonna get a, you know some of these by the way in KC I'll, yeah I'll pretty soon here they
2: open up yeah there.
1: and you drive by and like the, the traffic there's like construction or something and you're like oh i can't get in there you know i'll just i'll go somewhere else it's fine you know whatever so you head on down to like you know panda express whatever and you're like oh the, the traffic the, the line there's just way too long i'm not gonna wait in that. i gotta get home i gotta do this whatever and so you end up kind of like just spending way more time on the drive than you originally planned to and you end up kind of settling for something you really weren't in the mood for at all right that's that that's how i feel like i would feel if i was lamar jackson again no disrespect to sammy watkins but it just it feels no,
2: that way. No disrespect, but to disrespect him completely. And one thing I will <laughs> say with Watkins, and this is the unfortunate truth: if the over/under is twelve and a half games, <laughs> the way he's he's been, I mean, you you probably take the under. It, you know, and that's what's what's tough about him because when he's healthy, he's very very good. Uh, it's just the health thing with him, and and it's one thing after another. It's not even really the same ailment, and so that's that's what's the frustrating part about his career.
0: Mm.
1: Pete Tweeting has spoken. Last, last, last thing, Pete. Give me your final four. Who's going dancing next weekend?
2: Okay, so I have Baylor and Houston meeting up and Gonzaga and Michigan. It's almost basically scratch, and that's what I had before the tournament started. I was telling you, even though Syracuse did loss, which did depress me, I have the final four still remaining, uh, with Mm. Baylor ultimately winning out in a Giants-like fashion, beating the previously undefeated, uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs in the championship. So congratulations to Baylor Bears because I'm never wrong about anything. So
1: mm, That's true. Uh, congratulations to all involved. Um, I wanted to take Michigan to win it all, but I just couldn't do it. And so, um, you know, it is what it is. Right. Uh, no, no love for Oregon State for, uh, for Pete, you know, from Pete, I should say.
2: I actually had the wrong state. So I had Oklahoma State who they defeated. Mm,
1: same color scheme.
2: Yeah, going and kind of doing what they're doing. So I, I regret that. I picked the wrong state.
1: Mm, It is what it is. Uh, Pete Sweeney, you've said it all. You've done it all. You've lived it all. But Mm. there will be more, of course, for you to do. You'll hear from Pete Sweeney on Wednesday's edition of the NFL Daily Kickoff. Perhaps he will sing. Perhaps he will not. He is uh, somebody with a beautiful set of of pipes uh, there, you know, underneath that magnificent beard. The the most well-dressed man in Kansas City, people are are saying. (laughs) I don't know if Uh, that's true. Anyway, uh, everybody, this was Monday, Football Monday. Make sure to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a rating, write a review, and put our picks in stone. LifeBeats said because they are stone cold happening. We'll see everybody next week. We love you all. See you on Wednesday!